Welcome to episode 73 of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Nate Larkin, uh, here with our fearless, peerless engineer, Mondo Grimes, joining us from the West Left the left, left coast. The left coast. <laughs> Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Fall away in beautiful California. I'm going to kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. <laughs> yes, yes, the Commodore Aaron Porter. It is a glistening, gorgeous, clear autumn day here yeah. in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, in the gentle rolling hills of, of Middle Tennessee. What's it like out there? Mr. Aaron. Yeah, you have a jacket on. What's that, what's that about? Well, it was it was really early, and I rode my motorcycle this morning. Oh, okay. So it was necessary. Really? Man, you, you made it all the way to church on the motorcycle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, my headlight is still broken, so I was driving in the dark with no headlight. So, you know, oh. even though I didn't go very far, oh. it was still exciting. Oh, Aaron. Uh, so anyways, no, uh, last night... I mean, it was it was Halloween for those listeners who uh, do not do Halloween. Uh-huh. That's cool, but uh, we do because free candy is free candy. <laughs> and it was it was like seventy two degrees in the North County okay. with no. It was like a it was a still summerish oh, evening. Wow. Oh wow! Man. And so it was just a great walk. Uh, I, there must have been some big event I didn't know about because there were almost no kids on the street. Hmm, and we cool. went around my my parents' uh, yeah neighborhood because my mom just finished her radiation. Yeah, uh, she finished her chemo and her radiation last week. She's all done, so she was cruising with us. And it was just kind of us alone walking in the dark around the street, and we had a great time. The weather was perfect, wow. and the kids didn't uh, crap out until the very end, so their attitudes were good. Good. I got to watch my youngest run up to every scary house, and my two oldest, like, hang back until they knew it was safe because <laughs> the four- and five-year-old uh, went and knocked on the door for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was... Uh, that was great. All pictures that will go on Facebook will be of the uh, almost 12-year-old and 9-year-old hiding behind trees <laughs> until the 4- and 5-year-old made sure it was okay. Well, I've got 2-year-old uh, grandkids, uh, twins, uh, in the house, and uh, they were dressed up. But they're too young to know that after you dress up, you're actually supposed to go out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Which, which, uh, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. We had a great perfect. time. I didn't have to leave the house. They got to dress up. It was Halloween. It was fun. And uh, I had a big bowl of candy. Not too many kids came to our neighborhood last night. I don't know what the deal was. So the grandkids I, I have cleared. This whole community thing and harvest fairs, this is the... This is really a, a growing trend, and it's killing. Well, actually, do you know it's even worse? Because of that trend, I would say 40% of the houses we went to just had a bucket of candy on the porch that said, take one. Really? Wow, really? Which, actually, at first I thought, okay. But by about the 15th house that had that, I was starting to get annoyed. Like, you don't knock on the door. You don't say trick-or-treat. You don't say thank you. That's kind of the... yeah. That yeah. is the order of operation. Sure. It's not go to the bucket and get a piece of candy. Yeah, right. That's a whole different tradition. Yeah. I don't know what tradition. That's what they do in Yugoslavia on Groundhog Day. <laughs> That's a different tradition. Oh, my. Well, uh, aside from Halloween, the weekend went well. 
I don't know. I, I, I guess I am. I'm tossing it to you, Aaron. I'm looking at you right here on Skype, and I'm asking you, how did the weekend go, my brother? The weekend went well. I don't remember the weekend. Oh, we're getting ready for my sister's wedding. The reception will be at our house. So Your it's a sister's lot of getting work. married? Really? She is getting married. So, wow. And uh, to a nice guy. Uh, he, is a, he is a widower, so we are inheriting two nieces and a nephew. His daughters are grown and out of the house, but mm -hmm. he has a son that is uh, right there in my two oldest son's age. Okay. Wow. So they just, they just get a, a, a full-grown cousin. Wow. That's cool. That's fantastic. That's really cool, man. I'll tell you, um, Allie and I had a great weekend. Or I had a great weekend with Allie on Saturday. We went out and uh, cruised around the countryside. We escaped the insanity of Pumpkin Fest here Man. in Franklin. Oh, gosh. What, what, is, what is Pumpkin Fest? Oh, my gosh. Some Main Street festival that we do down here, and they shut down Main Street, and people drive in from everywhere, and, they, uh, and there's like zillions of people. It took me two and a half hours to get to a, a, to a distance from downtown Franklin where I was kind of okay with walking. Oh, really? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it was bought down by the Mapco. Yeah, 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 yeah. It took me forever to wow. get there, man. It took, so I, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm actually because I was working yeah. that day. So there were all the people here. John was here. So I just left. I went home. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it. I mean, it was so many people down here. It was crazy. Well, I let people park in our driveway. If I had a charge for parking, oh, I, man. I could have made, made a little money on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, paid the mortgage for the month. Right but there. Allie... <laughs> Allie and I bailed. We went out of town. Okay, okay. We went out to Leapers and cruised around and then drove in, knocked around Nashville for a while. That's cool. And then uh, Saturday, I took my youngest grandson uh, out on his very first fishing trip. Went oh, out to cool. Dale Hollow Lake. Uh, uh, How old is the youngest? He's third. No, it's my oldest grandson. He's 13. Okay. All right. 13. And, and it's really, it's to my shame that uh, this is the first time I've taken him uh, fishing. I, it, it struck me. About midweek last week, yeah. That the my oldest grandson's grandson's turning thirteen. I haven't taken him fishing. Uh oh, that that is a gross oversight. Yes, it is. So we corrected that. Took him out to an hour and a half from here to Dale Hollow Lake. Okay. And uh, never got a bite, but it didn't matter because we rented a motorboat. Oh, that's cool. And uh, let the boy drive the motorboat all around the lake. It was fun. Oh yeah. Uh, took him to Waffle House for the first time. Okay. The kid got his... Wait, wait. He's never been to a Waffle House? He's never... Talk about a, a sheltered upbringing. The boy had where, never where, been... Where does he live? I <laughs> know. <laughs> right here in Franklin, Tennessee. That is so... I mean, not that Waffle Houses are worth going to, because oh. they're not, in my experience. But how can you live there and not go? That's like not going to Denny's. Do not impugn the Waffle House, my friend. Man. He's really... <laughs> So I introduced him to the sacred uh, uh, hash browns. Oh yes. Uh, so. Yeah, he had a he, the real fisherman's. I told him it's a state law in Tennessee. If you're going fishing, you have to have breakfast at Waffle House. Wow. I don't know if he bought it, but that's what I told him. <laughs> you have to show your license and your syrup stain if the <laughs> ranger comes around. <laughs> that's cool. Man. All right, uh, Mondo. Yeah. Uh, the weekend, you're prepping for this big trip to Cambodia, but some wrinkles have showed up. Yeah, man. Um, we're going to Cambodia next week on Monday for to record uh, some young girls for a project I talked about previously called Her 100%. Yep. Um, it's a project we're recording to benefit young girls who have been uh, trafficked, raped, sex slaves over in Asia. Yeah. And um, 
so we're going over there. This is the final part of the project. We're about 80% done, and where 100% of the sale goes to the, the girls over at this home for supplies, food, shelter, things yeah. of that nature. Um, the wrinkles, um, we, we set out to raise a certain amount of funds, and we're, we're extremely short. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we do have some for, for flights and a few things like that. However, there's still a major need yeah. um, that – uh, needs to be uh, donated, given, supported uh, by outside sources. Um, there's there's been a tremendous amount um, that has been given in time and resources from musicians, uh, music community, um, my my company, my partner and I. You've been uh, working without a paycheck for a couple of months. To yeah, d- two get months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we forfeited paychecks for the last two months to solely concentrate on this project. Yeah, and, and that was uh, part of our giving. The other part was. Uh, the the cost that it takes to produce, mm-hmm. uh, we obviously invested that as well. Sure, sure. Um, and you know, a, a record can go anywhere between you know fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And um, but uh, so there's been you know quite a, quite an investment on our side, which we're happy to make, and mm-hmm. um, and some other people have donated. However, we still do have a need, and we're about five days out. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're we're looking at about six thousand short. Yeah. And. Uh, and which puts a, a major hindrance because both of us need to go. We're at a point now where it's looking like only one of us can go. Yeah. Um, because we don't have all the resources. But if we were to able, we were able to raise six thousand dollars at minimum, uh, we would be able to go. Uh, not necessarily comfortably. Yeah. Um, but the basic, 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 basic needs would be taken care of. That way, uh, John and I could be empowered to go worry stress free. Um, for the most part, you know. Yeah, um, you still got stress to handle when you get yeah, home. Yeah, still got stress to handle when we get home, but but it would at least allow us, uh, you know, two weeks uh, to keep the wolves away from our, our houses, from our company. Right. Um, and um, so, yeah, we're, 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 we're kind of right at the 11th hour, man, and uh, it's, it's getting pretty tense um, because we, we're heavily committed. The, the our partners are heavily committed. Right. Um, we just need extra funding, so. So we're just uh we're yeah we're but we're, we're we believe it, it happened we're just kind of all right well we've we've yeah. never done this before yeah. but if if somebody that's listening wants to help you guys get over to Cambodia mm-hmm. and record these kids singing mm-hmm. so that you can raise money for these girls mm-hmm. uh, how can they get in touch with you because they're you know who knows who's listening out there. Okay. Uh, you can contact me uh, via email at Mr. Mondo, M-R-M-O-N-D-O, at K5Presents.com. And Mr. Mondo at K5Presents.com. Um, there's, uh, there's that. There's also, uh, if you don't remember that, you can hit us up on the, uh, the Samson site or through, through Nate. He'll forward to me. That's right. You can hit uh, me on Facebook. I'll hit uh, you on so, Facebook. So, or Samson Podcast Samson at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Um, uh, the, you can go to the website even, her100percent.com, uh, H-E-R number 100, spell out percent, percent.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's ways to even give on there. Um, uh, for those who may need uh, a tax write-off, uh, yeah. you can also donate through one of our the church partners uh, for nonprofit reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you need a tax write-off, things of that nature. So, there's a let's keep it simple. Let's have them email you personally so okay. that you can know. Yeah, Because yeah. you got to know by this Saturday. So yeah, and so well, you can here's, know. here's here's the pickle though. I mean, that's that's the latest, but we're we can't buy the tickets. We have the we have the money for the tickets. But we can't commit to the ticket until we know we have the other funding. Right. So if we buy the tickets today, 
there's still no certainty that you, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, the yeah, other yeah. funds will be yeah, coming yeah. in by the end of the yeah. week. So that is the latest. I just hope that the tickets are still the same price. Yeah. <laughs> on Saturday, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like an ASAP kind of move, you know, where, yeah. um, you know, the, the sooner we have additional funding, like I said, a minimum 6K, uh, we know that then we can we can buy the tickets at the price that yeah. we've allotted within the budget, you know, yeah. to take care of that. So, Intermondo at K5 presents us, uh, letter K, number 5, presents.com. Mr. Mondo at K5presents.com. And this is not for Amando's Cambodian vacation. No, it is not. No. I'm not going to necessarily. <laughs> uh, I'm not looking to buy a villa. I'm not buying a yacht. Um, we're going to serve. We're going to complete this project. This is a rescue mission. This is a rescue mission. We're going to uh, giving giving of our resources and gifts and our time to put a project together that can have an extreme impact on the culture of this rescue home in Cambodia. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking at if we just sell 10,000 units, mm-hmm. we can raise between 120 to $150,000 in Cambodia. That will go a long, long way. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that will actually buy acreage that they need to build new homes that will buy that will build new homes. Yeah. On for the, that they can build on the acreage that they buy uh, supplies, food, you, yeah. you name it, resources, security, all that kind of stuff. So you're saying the exchange rate in Cambodia is not one to one? No, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. And so you know that's that's the thing is is this is not you know taking care of, of Mondo and K Five Presents yeah, and, yeah. and and you know helping us with something you know for our own benefit. Yeah. Uh, you know we profit none by this. Like again, it's called her one hundred percent, one hundred percent of everything that comes from this CD, some from our efforts from this campaign is going to the home. Yeah, uh, and City Point Church in Australia and Oasis Church here are our partners, and we've been grinding for the last three months, yeah. three four months, uh, to make this thing happen. We just have a, a, a little need of the just the last few yards, yeah. uh, and uh, we can make this thing happen, man. Well, like Aaron said, this is we don't we, we don't ask for money on the Pirate Monk podcast. It hasn't been anything we've done. We we don't ask for money to support this podcast. Uh, uh, Mondo, you've been donating. Uh, studio time, production time, valuable time to put this thing together. Um, so, this is not self-serving. I, I feel bad that there are guys out there uh, who have been self-serving. Mm-hmm. You know, twisting the arm of the Christian listening public and talking them out of money. Mm-hmm. You know, just to line their own pockets. That's not what this is about. Yeah, and, and I know. I mean, we we have thousands of listeners, man, and, yeah. we, and we have, and we're episode seventy three, and this is the first time we've ever brought up anything as far as raising funds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and of course, you being your idea to, to you and Aaron's idea to bring it up. Of course, it wasn't my idea to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, this is something that's that can heavily impact not. A book or a a, C, a CD that's for my benefit, yeah, yeah, or or anything for my own my own benefit. It's it's to benefit young girls five to fifteen who have been raped, trafficked, you know, sex slaves who who have been rescued, and those who they know where they are, they're still trying to rescue them. Yeah, you yeah. know, we're, to give them a safe place. to give them a safe place, and to also have the resources to nurture them and develop them into young women and great young women, and uh, that's what this whole thing is about. So, okay. yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, it feels awkward, really awkward for me. Cause, uh, I guess because I have all those bad tapes from Christian television. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I want to, I want to pray. Okay. 
uh, and ask God to meet this need. Okay. All right? Sounds good, man. So, uh, so, Lord, I thank you for my brother Mondo and for this vision that you've given to him, uh, a heart, a passion. Uh, thank you for that calling that he's heard so clearly and the way he's responded obediently to it. Now, Lord, we uh, this is obviously no surprise to you, but it's a surprise to us. Uh, as the hour approaches, uh, we need to see provision, whether it's from our listeners or from, Lord, from your vast resources elsewhere. We do pray. I ask now that you'd provide what Mondo needs and what John needs uh, for them to complete this mission. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we'll be right back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Oh, a pirate's life is a wonderful life, a roving over the sea. Give me a career as a buccaneer, it's the life of a pirate for me. Oh, the life of a pirate for me. Well, welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. Do you know what I like about uh, that little segment that we just had with Mondo right there? What's that? That, that we went off script. Some of my favorite uh, Samson Society meetings, because we, we have these basic protocol rules, mm-hmm. and part of those are that we don't, as a knee-jerk reaction, take what a guy's saying and give advice, right. or simply pray about it, or all those ways that in the past is kind of the Christian way of uh, hiding or letting a guy kind of sit in that. Yeah, yeah. But man, those times in the meetings where we said, you know what? Screw the rules. We're praying for this guy right now. Yeah. I don't care if anybody doesn't like it. You shut up and sit down. We're praying. Yeah. And those end up being the most powerful times. <laughs> that's true. When, yeah. That's when, true. when when prayer is breaking the rules, it's better. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I know. Isn't, isn't it strange that here on a Christian podcast, I feel odd about praying. Uh, but... Yeah. But and, but I I know that that's what you know it's God's got to come through and we've got we're instructed to ask Him and so yeah so I think I think guys need pray. to be aware of that in their meetings they yeah. better be really careful good point with uh, with that but they they need to be aware and sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing in their meeting yeah because we've had whole meetings where a guy in his sharing brings up something and we just say you know what this needs to be the rest of our time together yeah is just is talking with this guy. Yeah. And that ends up being great for the other guys because I've actually afterwards called and followed up the other guys saying, oh, were you okay with that meeting? I, you know, you didn't get to share. Did you need to share something? Yeah. And usually that time of loving on that guy and talking through his issue, maybe doing a clearing with him, yeah. provided for those other men everything that they needed for that week. Yeah. Um, but it it comes through that sensitivity. Of, okay, what's what's God up to right now? Yeah, yeah. And boy, if our rules and our structures and uh, our paradigms rule the Holy Spirit's work out, then we may as well close shop and uh, move I on. I agree. I agree. So we got a good guest. Tell us about the guest today. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. Where uh, Jeff Fisher is going to be on the line with us. He's actually uh, down visiting uh, family in Texas. He lives in in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, but he's in Texas. He nonetheless is making himself available to talk to us by phone about his life and about a great website that he's put together, a wonderful collection of resources called Porn to Purity at porntopurity.com. 
thumbnail of his story because I know we we did the interview up front and he didn't give his uh, whole story. He was a pastor, right, right, in New York, was it? Yeah, he was a pastor in New York, a bivocational pastor in New York, uh, who uh, found that he was unable, as most men are, to resist an unprotected computer uh, while on his uh, job. And he found himself uh, doing his very best to cover his tracks after going places he shouldn't have been, but being discovered, and then the hammer fell. And he lost his job, lost his ministry, uh, lost his home, uh, the kind of disaster that um, most pastors fear, and that fear keeps a lot of pastors, uh, uh, shoot, a lot of Christian guys in hiding. Uh, the worst happened. But we'll let him tell us about it uh, when, when we get to the interview. We'll do that in just a minute here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Father, heal me when I pray. Send the Savior on his way. Holy Spirit, come and stay. Lord, I'll need you all this day. I am weak and weary, worn. I am bitter and forlorn. Such a dark and dreary land. Come and take my weary hand. This Jeff. Hey Jeff, it's it's Nate Larkin from the Pirate Monk Podcast. How are you? Yeah, all right, Nate, just fine. And I've got Aaron Porter with me from San Luis Obispo, California. Hey Jeff. And Mondo, our hey, engineer. Hey man, how you doing? Mondo, hello. Well, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Uh, I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I was a guest on. Uh, your podcast a few months ago, Quitting Porn Guy. Porn. Yeah, back in uh, April, I think, yeah. wasn't it? April or May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder if for our listeners, we we could start with uh, you giving us a thumbnail of uh, of your story. How'd you wind up doing what you're doing now? I don't imagine that this was initially in your grand career, uh, career plan. No, I mean, sexual sin was definitely something that I wanted to try and manage on my own. Um, I began struggling like a lot of kids do um, back in my adolescent years. I was in middle school and discovered masturbation and had other outlets of um, content. You Mm -hmm. know, we had the cable channels. We had um, magazines around the house, not pornographic magazines, but we had, you know, just sexy-looking things. Sure, Um, It became triggery for me. We kept those regularly in the bathroom, and that's just a bad place to keep magazines all together. <laughs> but, um, and, and then to have an atmosphere in our family where we didn't talk openly about sexual things, it's just a combination of isolation. And I, I began to try, and I was a Christian. I became a Christian at 11, and you, know, you mix all that in, 
And it's just confusing, because you feel like a Christian shouldn't have these type of struggles, Mm -hmm. and that somehow if I can get spiritual enough, or maybe I need to make the you know, enough of a serious commitment, then this will somehow go away. Yeah. And it just never went away. Yeah. And so I brought my, my love struggles, my masturbation, uh, a little bit of looking at porn into my marriage, into seminary, and into ministry. And I was struggling with this sexual sin 17 years uh, of, of, of my ministry career. And... Uh, <clears throat> What finally happened for me and when the dam uh, broke was uh, I was up in the Northeast in New York. I was a bivocational pastor, which means that I uh, pastored a church, but then I also had to work a regular job in order to put bread on the table. Sure. And I was working in a denominational office for my regular job, so I was doing bookkeeping and accounting, and we had a computer that was unprotected. And so it was just a matter of time before uh, I brought myself into that workplace and started surfing for porn. And and that's exactly what happened. And instead of coming clean, I just began to hide and to lie uh, to my wife and to my boss about how I was doing. I cut off accountability and cut off counseling and Everybody that was there that might be able to help me with it, yeah, I just kind of cut them off, thinking that that it would just go away, and um, and it never did, Nate. Um, you know, I was I would try to quit a hundred times, and I'd always go back the hundred and first time. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't realize until until just recently, you know, the last few years, that that's what a sexual addiction is, is just not being able to stop. And then learning that I, I needed to medicate, I was medicating something underneath. But what, what eventually did happen is at my, uh, at my job, they had some problems with the computer. They brought in the computer expert. I thought I had covered my tracks really well, and he found a bunch of stuff. And then our denominational director brought me into his office and confronted me with it. And that was the end of my job. That was the end of my ministry in um, the Northeast. And we were asked to leave. Mm. We were not given very many resources. We were um, we were told that they were going to, you know, help us. And, and, and they did help us financially a little bit. And they uh, tried to be as encouraging as they could. But... Um, they didn't feel like that there was any resources in the area that we needed to go somewhere else. It kind of felt like they were trying to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And so it not only hurt my wife, I mean myself, but it hurt my wife. We had been married 11 years at the time, and and uh, and my two kids who were rooted in school. So you know, um, I I used to be really mad about that, and I think I carried that anger for the first year and a half into my recovery. And then I start realizing this is consequences of my sin, and this is what I brought on to my family. And at some point, instead of pointing the finger at everybody else, at God, at my family, at my mentors, um, I started to point the finger at me. I think that was a key point when I started to get uh, healthy for the first time. Yeah. 
Wow. Now, how much time has passed, Jeff, since uh, everything went down for you in the Northeast and you guys were forced to relocate? Yeah, it's been four and a half years. And so we were up, um, it was August of 2007. Yeah. And we, um, I lost my job, was asked to leave. We put our house on the market, and we decided by the end of the year, if, if our house had not sold, that we needed to go ahead and move. We moved to North Carolina, to Raleigh. My wife's parents live on the East Coast uh, mm-hmm. in North Carolina. So it was, a, it was a place where we could be close to her family, um, but where we could also find jobs. Yeah. So my secular background is in finance and accounting, so I, uh, I, I had to go find regular work. Sure. And my wife has been marketing and mass communications, so she she went and found a job as well, and um, and then we 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 cut off everything and focused hard on recovery. Uh, fortunately, we were able to find uh, some good counselors, some eventually found some good resources online and good books, and. Um, and then pretty quickly we found a, a Christian support group that met in a Baptist church in our area. And so I went to that group for a couple of years. And then there was a group closer to my home that met on the weekends mm. that I've been through the last two and a half years. And I've been leading that group for the last year and a half now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what I really, really appreciate is the, uh, the, the effort that you expended to uh, search out good resources for addiction recovery, specifically for porn addiction recovery, uh, yeah. and uh, to, to provide an annotated list to other people, to get it online. Um, I, I, let me ask you this. I, I know that when everything first came down for me uh, 13 years ago, I really felt like a freak, like I was... Uh, and if I wasn't unique, I was I was a member of a very 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 small minority, and certainly nobody had a story like mine. Yeah. Uh, and I was astonished when I began to tell my story, uh, to to hear so many guys say, "Me too." D- uh, did you have? Obviously, when 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 you did when I feel you, like I was alone? Yeah, yeah. When when you set to work building this this wonderful uh, uh, database. Uh, yeah, you must by that point have had the sense that there's a need for this, right? Yeah, I mean, I was so good at keeping this private, this part of my life private. But the first person that I confessed to was my best friend, whom I met with on the telephone every week. He lived in Texas, I lived in uh, New York, and I'd never, you know, I didn't tell anybody about my struggles. Um, my wife occasionally would find out. But when I did start to share, when when God pulled the plug on me and people started finding out, then that's when, when other people started coming up to me saying, well, you know, I deal with that too, Jeff, or or I used to deal with that. And I'm like, and these are, you know, friends of mine. Yeah. <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't one of us say something? But I was so fearful that I would lose my job. I was fearful of the things that I had my... You know, grasped around my hand, yeah. and so that was a really small step. When a couple of my friends said I struggled too, and then when I came to Raleigh and I sat in, I was petrified to go to my first support group. Sure, um, 
I didn't know what that was going to be like. And, you know, you see things on movies or TV where they're just psychoanalyzing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what is it? And on top of that, groups, you know, to me were for really messed up people, which I didn't realize I was really messed up. But, I mean, you know, the really the psychopath people, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, one, yeah. Flew, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. These are the guys that go to groups, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, in fact, uh, I went to my first group. I, I didn't even share my story. I said, I don't want to share today. I just want to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went, and they went around, and they told their stories, and I, I couldn't believe it. I could. There was even a guy in our group of about ten that had some ministry background and struggled, and I just could not believe it that they were telling pieces of my story yeah. and the things that I thought were so dark. They were coming out, and you know, even as I've begun to share more of my story and the you know darker things or fetishes, I, I get scared to share those things. And then you know, other guys go, "Oh yeah, that happened to me too." Yeah. You know, and yeah. you got five, you got four or five other guys that struggle with that fetish as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, being in the group helped me. To know that other people struggled, that it was a, it was safe to share. I, I guess I never felt like it was safe to share. Yeah. Um, I felt like I hated myself to begin with, but then I thought other people would hate me. And when when you don't have that hate coming back at you and that judgment, it's really weird. Um, it's it's actually it's quite uncomfortable. <laughs> because you, you're just kind of bracing and you're tensing up and waiting for people to come back at you and shame you. Yeah. And what a what a Christ-like thing for that not to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, but you start you start to realize that there was a lot of a lot of safety in believing that there was only condemnation, so you needed to hide. I, yeah. I have a I have a question for you about as more of the specificity of your story started coming out, how yeah. the... I, we, we've talked a little bit about it, but uh, I feel like we have to apply the gospel to the specific areas of our brokenness and our shame because the gospel uh-huh. deals with our shame as much as our guilt. Yeah. And sometimes when we're coming out of our isolation and hiding our sin... Uh, we we want to just get it over with like a band-aid we can pull off in one general pull but uh, a lot of times there's shame attached to the specifics like you know you're talking about specific areas of porn that you were looking at that really caused right. you shame so even though guys knew okay generally this is what Jeff was dealing with you knew specifically they they will still condemn me if they knew what it really was so you were still experiencing condemnation, even within honesty, until that process really worked itself out. So I want to hear a little more about how how that felt to to come cleaner in your honesty, yeah. and how the gospel applied to the the nooks and crannies of the darkness affected you. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good distinction. I I appreciate that. That um, there's a general shame that I feel, but then pockets. And as I open up these, these, I, I think what they are is strongholds. Um, I, I've allowed the devil to get a grasp, and there's a, a lie that is behind something. So I have a patch of anger at my dad that I realize, 
and I'm just mad at him for something that he did to me in the past. And um, there's just some sort of lie behind that that I believe I might believe that my my dad doesn't love me. Um, I might believe that mm-hmm. what he did was unjust. That why would God allow that to happen to me? You know, something's in there that the devil's got a stranglehold. And then, you know, for God to breathe light in there and go, I want you to give that to me. And, um, you know, because you're not to hold on to unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. So that would be a gospel. You know, we got to breathe some mm-hmm. truth in there. I'm not allowed to hold on to that. That belongs to God, but I've got to let him uh, manage that for me. Um, I, I think a lot of the lies that I have believed have, have had to do with what I believed about God. Um, you know, God doesn't love me. God felt like, I guess, this sin wasn't so bad because lightning never struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why would God give me such a high sexual desire and my wife such a low sexual desire? Mm-hmm. What kind of God is that, you know? And I come to realize in that instance that, well, I have an unhealthy sexual desire. Uh, I have a natural desire, but then I've been feeding that in such unhealthy ways, and there's so much lust there. No wonder I'm so high, and I'm yeah. so... But, but Jeff, you're selfish, and you're not you're not serving your wife, and you're, you're consuming. So those would be some lies that God would... Um, you know, a lot of times, I wasn't spiritual enough on my own to be able to figure that stuff out. Uh, I think that's where support group comes in, or your minister, or other people who are there who can look into your life more objectively. I'm just not spiritual enough to take my spiritual temperature a lot of the time. And so um, we need those one another's, yeah. you know. And that that itself is a lie, thinking that I can do this on my own when... All over the Bible, it talks about one another. And, you know, when we're talking about shame, I was thinking about, I hung around uh, 1 John 1, 9 a whole lot uh, throughout my Christian life. If, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins. Boy, I just claim that a lot. And that's great for my relationship with God, and he does forgive my sins. But I did not practice uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And there's healing that comes from being with one another, and I just wasn't allowing myself to experience that that part of the gospel that takes place only in community. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about the idea for the website uh, and uh, and the podcast. When did you start podcasting, and and uh, you know what was your goal in doing that? Uh, tell us a little bit yeah. about that story. I'll talk about the website first. Uh, my wife was the one who started finding all these resources. As soon as my stuff broke, I, I just wasn't even allowed on the computer. I didn't even want to go on the computer, and so. Uh, it was my wife who was desperately searching for resources and started to find all of these things and writing these down, bookmarking them. Um, she starts sharing with me. She starts giving me articles to read, printing things off for me. Uh, and so many of the, 
the, the spouses that come to our website come with that. You know, it's the wife coming, doing the research for the husband yeah. and for herself somewhat. But um, we were about a year and a half into our recovery. Um, we had been focusing on our junk, our stuff a lot. My wife had a breakthrough. She had gone through a, a six-week period where she had an, uh, an emotional breakdown and had to take off work and began to find healing from that. And it's like at that point, about a year and a half in our relation, in our recovery, the smoke started to clear. I felt like that, um, and Marcia said, Marcia was the one who said, you know, I think that it would be a good idea if we did a website and we put our resources up that we're finding and it would also be a place for us to put our story because she said this, she said, I think that it's important for us to share our stories so other people know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And so our website was really the website that we wish that we would have run into. Um, so that's how it started. And it, it started as a small thing, uh, especially in my wife's mind. And I said, you know, I think it would be a good idea for us to do a blog. I had a notebook and a journal that I had been writing all of these things I was learning in recovery. I said, this would be a great place for me to, to, to do these blogs and we can write this stuff out. And and then I had done podcasting back when I was in the Northeast. Um, I used to do podcasts about our, our new church plant, and I would re- just record updates and I would send those out. And I had done some podcasting for fun, and I just really liked like the way that that worked, and I knew that that would hit a, a totally different demographic and mm-hmm. audience, really a broader audience. And I said, I think that it would be good uh, to put some podcasts together because I was benefiting from some of the podcasts that were already out there. Um, be Broken Ministries mm-hmm. has a great podcast um, called Pure Sex Radio, uh, Pure Life Ministries has a, a great podcast called Pure Sex Radio. Um, you guys, we got your podcast. There was one called Blazing Grace mm-hmm. uh, podcast that I was listening to. But a lot of these podcasts were 30 minutes or an hour. Like yours is an hour. It's long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I thought, you know, there's not a podcast out there that does short, quick bits. And I know that a lot of people like to listen to shorter content. And so I think I'm going to do some of these top tips that I'm learning, and I'm going to put them, and I'm going to keep it to about 10 minutes. And uh, that's just kind of how it started. And I I needed a personal goal for myself. Um, I needed a healthy outlet for all of this creativity. You know, I had been taking my creativity, pouring it into ministry, yes, but really pouring it into myself and into porn. And I just, I said, you know, there's got to be a way to redeem that. And if I can start pouring this creativity and this time that I have into writing and the podcasting, you know, that could help a lot of people. And um, so what was created was the Top Tips for Sexual Purity podcast. Um, I did that for a year. Mm-hmm. I did two, two tips each week for a year, so 104 shows. Um, I'm in the middle of season two right now which I've called Top Verses for Sexual Purity. And I take a verse that relates specifically to recovery or sexual purity, um, and I just do... It's not a devotional, but it's it's kind of 
my meditations on that and, and my thoughts, and then I apply it to recovery. And then Marsh and I uh, have the Pour Into Purity podcast, mm-hmm. and that's where we have told our story. Sometimes we'll podcast together and reflect together, but that's the podcast where we have a lot of the resources. So Nate was on the Pour Into Purity podcast, yeah. and uh, we introduced our listening audience to Samson Society and Pirate Month podcast. So that's kind of how it is, and you know, it, it's amazing how how many people are out there all over the world that download these these things, and um, I. I I don't think numbers, you know, are, are such a, I don't think I need to share any numbers or anything. I don't know if that serves anything, but there's a lot of people that download our podcast every month, and it, it just amazes me. That's fantastic. Um, isn't it just beautiful to see how God redeems uh, the most broken parts of us, the parts uh, of which we're the most ashamed, where we're most desperate? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know about you, Allie and I, my wife and I, look at each other from time to time and just say, you know, we wouldn't change it. We wouldn't change it. Where? I, yeah. I, w- I wish we could have gotten here a different way, but if that was the only way to get here, then I wouldn't change right. it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your refreshing transparency, uh, for your willingness to be of service to other people. Um, you really uh, have been already a blessing to us. And I'm excited about Samson guys uh, connecting with Porn to Purity, those who aren't already connected. I know a lot of them are. Uh, it's a great website. I just checked it out this morning. I'm sure it will come up on my X church watch, so I'll have to tell <laughs> Phil this morning that he can be expecting that. Uh, but I did I did surf around that this morning, and it was some great resources, and I can't wait to check out the podcast. Yeah, thanks. You know, my uh, as, as Marsh and I were talking about the name, what should we name the, the the website and the podcast? We just bounced around a lot of things, and porn to purity came up. You know, it, it sounded good. It reflected our story. We knew it was edgy, and we knew that. There would be a lot of people that might find that accidentally looking for bad stuff. And so, you know, we, we could have put a lot softer name. We could have put a very Christianized name. But honestly, we wanted to, we wanted to catch people by surprise. And um, I think that, I think that uh, that happens a lot of times on iTunes when people are searching for bad stuff. Because uh, I've gotten emails from people. And I was searching for other stuff, and I found your podcast, or I found your website. And <laughs> I love to hear that. That's fantastic. So the website is porntopurity.com. Yep. And uh, and folks can find, uh, the easiest way to find the podcast is through I- iTunes? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, th- and they can, they can go on the site as well and um, and, and find out. You can directly download it from the site as well uh, in different places. It's a little harder, but if you can aggregate it on iTunes, it's a lot easier. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Uh, Really appreciate your ministry and uh, look forward. Oh, you know, I want to ask you one more thing before I let you go. Yeah. Uh, 
You know, I'm struck as I travel around in, in my little universe uh, by how much is actually happening around the church in connection with uh, recovery, especially with, you know, uh, porn addiction, sex addiction recovery. Uh, how many ministries there are out there. Uh, and yet... Uh, yeah, it seems like it seems like I encounter a new one every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got some guys out there reinventing the wheel. I think we could really profit from uh, you know some more conversation together. That's one of the great the great services that you're giving to to, to the Christian community is you're serving as a bit of a connector. Uh, yeah. Are, are you picking up that same sense? Do you see that there's really a lot more happening than than most people think? Yeah, definitely. And in my interviews with a lot of these people who are doing ministries or writing books, I, there's a lot more content out there. The content is a lot more accessible. I mean, ten years ago, when the internet's coming into popularity, it's it's just it's difficult to find stuff. Yeah, and it's just different now. Ten years ago, it's you know, internet can be so bad for us, but it can also be so good in connecting us very quickly to to lots of resources. Um, so yeah, I, I'm seeing a, there's a lot of rumblings out there, and I, I see I see more pastors talking about it, having special um, sermon series, yeah. not just on the Book of Solomon, but on the subject. And yeah. people come to those they come to those services. Um, I I think the thing that, that's more encouraging to me is growing up in church, sexuality and and sex and sex addictions. That was what those people did out there. Yeah. And there was a lot of negative, negative talk. And I, I think just generally, I see more more positive talk about God has given us our sexuality, and that's a good thing. He's given us a marital relationship, so. That may be the biggest switch is is from the so much negativity to at least they're talking about a little positive. <laughs> I don't think they're talking about enough positive, and I I think a lot of pastors don't think that people in their congregation struggle yeah. when it's probably fifty percent of their guys and twenty five percent of their women that are struggling every week. Um, I think that's the wake-up call that we need, is that, yes, it's people in your pews right now that you're looking at next to you that do struggle. And by the way, you probably have a problem, too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well said. Well, um, as I I told you, I'm I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing, and I'm uh, optimistic for the future. Uh, I, I, I can see... Uh, I can see more ministries coming together. I can see uh, more and more pastors kind of uh, yeah. getting courage from one another. Uh, and and those that do finally step up and address the issue, I'm sure you've seen this, I've seen it. Pastors are amazed by the response they get when they actually yeah. have the nerve to broach the subject. It doesn't make people run from church. Uh, they're dying for somebody to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, thank you, Jeff. Um, 
our, our regards to your wife, and I look forward to, uh, you know, we've spoken by phone. I've yet to meet you face-to-face. I hope we get to do that sometime soon. I hope it happens soon. That'll be good, Nate. Good to talk with you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Lord bless you. Bye. All right. Bless you guys. Bye. Take these tears This throbbing pain These grinding fears This darkest stain And make it go Long, hard years that you ordain like a mist appears or falls like a rain. Welcome back once again. It has been yet another great morning on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Man, we meet some interesting people here, or I do. It's usually people you've already met, Nate. Yeah. Mondo and I are just tourists. Yep. Yeah, I feel privileged to be able to have these conversations every week. Get to sit with you guys, and we yeah. get to meet some interesting people. Yeah. To hear from you, we need some. We need some letters. We want some feedback. We like to know that we're not just talking to each other here. Although that would be all right. We like to pretend that you're out there. So if you want to support our fantasy, then you can write us at <laughs> samsonpodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, we did get some uh, some mail last week. We'll get to it in our next in our next show. Okay. Cool. Good. Next week on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Trouble line. Wasting up to everybody's saying.